Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Excellence knows no gender. In October 2020, mid-global pandemic, Rupa Dash and her team at World Women Hour launched hashtag She's My Hero. These 60, 60 second films sharing the power of women firsthand. Who would your hero be? This is one of the most recent passions Rupa Dash has been leading, as Rupa is on a mission to unlock the power of women and share with us all why we need to invest in women-led enterprises better. During our conversation today, I am keen to find out what motivates this UN award-winning media entrepreneur turned philanthropist. I want to learn her advice for other female entrepreneurs wherever they are in the world and what she thinks bigger businesses and others can do to better support female entrepreneurs. So Rupa, welcome. Hi, Kate. So good to have you here and and meet you here. Thank you so much. Oh, pleasure to have you. And I just wanted to start our conversation today. You are a leading light in women's entrepreneurship. What does this responsibility mean to you? Well, I will speak personally from my, my own experience. I am the first girl in my family to get education. I come from India. And Getting education is, is such a big deal for, for me. And, and thinking beyond than that, you know, becoming my own, starting my own business or becoming the entrepreneur I'm today has changed my life, the life of my family, and also my impact in my own community. So to answer to your question, I think women entrepreneurs are the most significant and disruptive force today in the global economy and also uh, the way we want to shape the world, it is important to invest in women entrepreneurs because women are the single largest productive economic force and they are also driving every single economic indicator in business. But, But to reach those audacious goals and to build new ventures that truly speaks to the to the future, the way we want to see the global economy thrive and the planet thrive. I see women entrepreneurs playing a very, very big role here because women truly understand the problems that we, that we face as a family, as a community, as a leader of the country. And I think they, they really come up with entrepreneurial solutions, that solutions that you can think out of the box, solutions that never existed. And solutions, though, those are sustainable, cost-effective, good for the planet, good for the economy. That's what I see, you know, women entrepreneurship really means for the world. It's a pretty solid business case, Rupa. But I feel like we still have so few women leaders, yet the, the gender equity gap is getting broader and wider. It's not closing. What stone haven't we yet turned over that will be the kind of the solution to closing that equity, the gender gap, to 
really putting women at the front or at least on a sort of even keel? First thing first, you know, we have seen how disruptive and how chaotic and challenging the world it is today, especially during this pandemic and the racial inequities that we are seeing around the world and also gender inequalities. And to really truly speak to these all combined issues together, we are actually, we are not solving one problem. It's the you know, complexities of many problems that has to be solved. But the problem that we are truly, I will speak specific to gender, you know, we should not just think about the global reset and women's role as two separate things. You know, women's role in the global reset will mean more than anything, you know, post-COVID era. And in 2019, the gender report that was published by the World Economic Forum really said it would take more than 217 years to even achieve gender parity. And I don't think that's that's a viable thing to even, even wait for so many years to achieve gender parity. And that's the reason, you know, World Women Foundation truly want to demystify what are those problems, why women are, uh, you know, women looking for employment versus women becoming entrepreneurs. How can we create a balance? You know, how can we shift our focus from employment to entrepreneurship, which is more self-sustainable, which is good for, for the global economy and also for economies in small scales? That means it's also good, good for communities in large, because in the pandemic, we have seen a lot of women entrepreneurs are starting new businesses. But women are, are starting businesses more than 4.8 times faster than the national average in the United States. But they lack funding. I think the funding gap is the biggest issue for women entrepreneurs. With so much lack of funding to get businesses on the ground and growing it without putting themselves into debt is always a challenge. So I think it is our responsibility, not just World Women Foundation, but businesses are at large who have corporate venture funds, even you know, angel investors, even family and friends investing and taking a bet on a female entrepreneur can close that funding gap. And of course, you know, when I started my business as, a, as an immigrant, literally off the boat from India to United States. Funding was a very big issue for me. And I could start my business because somebody in my family invested in my business and I had to ask for money to start, start my business. And that's where it, somebody has to believe in, in a women entrepreneur. And the second big challenge that I see that is often overlooked is female founders. Uh, ha- the number one barrier for them is not having access to mentors, sponsors advisors who can really see the potential in that business, can trust them, can help them, guide them, you know, to take them to the next level. So I think, you know, access to mentors, the funding gap, and even, you know, if you talk to, you know, the investment gap, you know, only 3% of uh, businesses, uh, regardless of gender, the founders are only raising fund through venture capital fund are, are being invested. But what about all the 97% of businesses in the United States that are started that are being started by, by female entrepreneurs? They are they, how they are raising the funds. 
whom they should lean in to find more funding. I think, you know, venture funds should step up. Corporate venture funds should definitely step up and, and create more portfolio of businesses that are founded by female entrepreneurs. And of course, as women entrepreneurs also, you know, having that close circle or, you know, having that trusted tribe is, is very important. As women, we are juggling so many different roles, sometimes maintaining those networks of activating those super nodes that can help us to reach our goals is not, not often available. So I think lack of trusted tribes, mentors, the investment gaps in the venture, corporate venture funds, and access to mentors are, are really the big issues that are stopping women entrepreneurs are, are the key issues why women entrepreneurs are still are so insignificant in number, even if they have great potential ahead. Really important data there to encourage people to step in and lean in to make a solution. Um, Rupa, I wanted to pick up on something you mentioned there about your transition from India to the US, and, and I know that your work spans a number of continents. What are the differences and similarities, actually, that you're seeing in those different locations, and, and how should we respond to them? It's very different. It's a very good question, Kate, because first of all, in a developing part of the world, women entrepreneurship is more so defined as self help groups, self help groups. And these are a group of women in their community. They come together, they create small, medium enterprises, and they share the profit among themselves. And they pretty much are defined to be small. And oftentimes, these, even these small self-help groups or these women entrepreneurs are just entrepreneurs. They claim themselves to be women entrepreneurs, but they're never on paper. That means a man is owning this business on paper, and they are just still the, the, they're entrepreneurs because they call themselves entrepreneurs because they want to get tax credits, tax benefits. And most of the profit is still, uh, the good fortune of that business is still owned by a lot of men. So on paper, these women entrepreneurs are, are still, on, legitimately, they're not women entrepreneurs because they're not on paper, which is a stark, stark difference here. Uh, women entrepreneurs are starting their business, they're owning their business, and it's so different in the Western part of the world. So I think these are important, uh, you know, things to discuss because this really defines, you know, how can we bring a common framework, whether it's a woman in India or a woman in Nepal or a woman in, in Southern California have equal access to tools, technology, capital, coaching to really start her business. And I think we are making some progress in that space. But in developing parts of the world, a lot of women even don't have access to education, which often becomes an issue for them to even start their own business. Women even are not allowed to start their own businesses. And owning is definitely a different kind of conversation in developing parts of the world. Whereas standing in your own power and owning something, is, it means totally different in a Western part of the world. So I think these are very important stark differences, but but there is also, I also see in these self-help groups, these women stick together. They form communities, sub-communities. They, they, even if they are not entrepreneurs on paper, they still, they help each other out and they have the ability to scale businesses and help women each other. But 
Whereas in the Western part of the world, when it comes to community, the formation of community is often a very official thing. You're part of that community. I'm part of this community. But when it comes to co- cross-cultural collaboration or other sorts of partnerships and collaborations that can make women entrepreneurship even take to the next level in this part of the world, is I often see the lack of cooperation is, is what is keeping us behind, even if we have so much of resources, capital and, and other forms of resources for women entrepreneurs. Such useful insight there, actually. And I think for organizations potentially listening to this podcast who sit in those different sort of supporters, I guess, of of women entrepreneurs, the insight there on how to respond sensitively to the regional differences, really important. Rupert, clearly you're sort of at the coalface and the leading edge of supporting women entrepreneurs. What's your current advice to those sort of new women entrepreneurs? Well, I always say, don't ask for permission. Give yourselves the permission to start your own business. You will never get it right at the first, but you will always figure it out. And, and just, just ask for help. You know, often women think in their mind that how can I ask for help? Or they are often giving help so much, they forget that they can also go ahead and ask for help. I think the more you go out and ask and share your idea, you gain more perspective. I think that's very important. And most importantly, women, when women start business, they're not starting business because they have this fancy idea, but they definitely start from a very good place of problem of practice. And they really know the root causes uh, very well than anybody else. They really start from a place where there is lack of resources or or there is a big problem that they are solving. And that I think that's really is important for women entrepreneurs to recognize as a strength and move forward. But yeah, there are so many different weaknesses, you know, women entrepreneurs also have is an ability to see ourselves that we can scale, we can find new heights. And of course, you know, understanding that we can multiply our impact we don't see that right away when you start your own business. But once you are there and working towards your goal, you know that your impact can be multiplied and just owning, owning your own you know, ideas is key to accelerating new things that you don't see it right away, but it's going to happen. There you go, ladies. And probably gentlemen, actually, everybody listening to this uh, podcast, some fantastic advice there from a sort of seasoned entrepreneur. Um, Rupa. You are sitting in a pretty unique position, and I'm pretty certain that you can see things that we can't. What would be your top trends that you're seeing at the moment that others perhaps aren't aware of and we really should be? I think there is a lot of conversations about not only women as entrepreneurs, but the women entrepreneurs, the impact that they bring when they start a business. And we speak very directly to to these impact within our foundation as well, whether it's about better returns, better performance, giving back more, or multiplying the impact of a women entrepreneur. So specifically, let me speak to, you know, women uh, when they start their business, of course, they deliver very high revenue, more than twice much as a per dollar invested in a business. So I think this is very important to investors to know that when you invest in a women-owned business, 
you get better returns, even sometimes twice than what you have invested. And of course, uh, you know, organizations, when they are started by women, they often tend to hire more diverse team, which is often a very big challenge for so many different startup organizations and even for major corporations. And the more diverse your team is, the more perspective you have, the more great ideas you will have. And also, we have seen more diverse team, 25% of, um, you know, again, your sales or the impact on your sales is 25% more if a woman has founded the business and if she has formed a very gender diverse leadership team, which always outperforms. And the third thing that we tend to see is, you know, when women start business, the first thing that they think about is how they are going to give back to their own community. And that's why we always say when you invest in a woman, you're investing in the future and she is going to come back and invest in the future. So 80%, you know, of their total income, any woman who earns, you know, even $100, she will often go back and invest more than 20% of her income in the well-being and education or in in things that matters for the community. I think it's just a win-win for everybody. And of course, when women, again, start their business, they tend to inspire other women to start their start their own business. And, and that also a way of multiplying your impact. And often these businesses are, are, when women start business, they often look at, you know, sustainability as one of their core values. And I think building a better economy and a better planet is the core of what, what we should look at, why we should invest in more women entrepreneurs, and why even corporations should encourage more women to think about their ideas and invest in their own ideas, or even corporations should have a place for women to nurture their ideas because women often go to work and look for employment because of work and life, family balance, and other of economic barriers. But if we provide that space, maybe we are not only doing good, but we can do more good. Rupa, that's fantastic advice for any women entrepreneur. In fact, probably any entrepreneur at all. My next question is, clearly you are leading the way in terms of kind of women's entrepreneur support, insight. What should we expect from you next? What's next from the work you're doing? Well, uh, during this pandemic, just October last year, we launched a global platform, which is called the World Women Hour, which is a micro storytelling platform. The platform is designed to tell stories of, we select actually 60 women from 60 countries, and each story is being told in 60 seconds. And this year, we are focusing more so on women entrepreneurs from 60 different countries to launch their idea on World Women Hour. And World Women Hour today has already has a reach of uh, more than 47 million digital footprints around the world. Even, you know, on the day of the launch, we had more than 10 million, you know, reach. So this is going to be one of its kind of platform which will provide capital community and coaching to women who want to start business. Because I think when you bring the resources that are necessary for women entrepreneurs, that's how you launch the global moonshot to equal future. As a foundation, I don't think uh, providing women more employment 
is a is a way forward for the global reset but and not go back in the old ways of thinking and that's what we as a foundation are are ready to disrupt and that's why we are bringing all this together with the foundation so for anybody listening to this podcast i will make sure that i put the links to that work that rupa referred to into the words that sit alongside this Rupert, my final question for us today, for someone who is keen to get their organization to deliver more social good, what would be your advice? That's a very good question. I I think, first of all, any organization, whether it's a corporation or a community organization or it's a for-profit, non-profit, creating space for women to share their stories. Because women's perspective towards life, towards work, life, and everything else that they're doing is important. I think that's the space you start from sharing. Listening to stories of women is key and making that space is absolutely important. And if you see in your community, if there is a business that started by by a woman, definitely go ahead and invest and take a chance on that women. I think that's very important. And especially for corporations where we also engage intensely with many corporate venture funds, we always say to advocate for for investing in female founders. And that's how they can do more good by investing in female entrepreneurs. On those wise words, Rupert Dash, thank you so much for your time and your insights today. Thank you so much, Kate. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 